0: Freedom, man, that's what it's all about. You've got the groove on Freedom, like the good book says.
1: Welcome one and all you're listening to what on earth is happening. I'm your host Mark Passio my website what on earth is today is Sunday May 5th 2013 we have a great show lined up for you here today. I'm going to be interviewing in a few moments one of the featured speakers from this past week's for your mind Two conference Alex answery of Alex TV that's coming up in just a moment. First, I want to let everyone know that the Free Your Mind 2 conference is, of course, history, and what an event it was. I mean, absolutely incredible from beginning to end. Could not have hoped for it to go any better. The speakers were phenomenal. Uh, They shared incredibly empowering information. The uh, turnout was great. The crowd energy was fantastic. I think everyone learned a lot. And I think everyone was changed as a result. And uh, it was one for the history books, as they say. So, Free Your Mind too. very, very successful. We're going to be releasing the videos in a video on demand format. It'll be 28 videos. We're doing this uh for a few months to help uh, recoup some losses for uh hosting the conference because it did cost a uh, a whole lot to host it and we didn't quite make it uh out of the red and into the black. So, we're going to do a video on demand format for a few months uh to help uh, you know, raise a little bit of funds to help us recoup some of the uh monies that had to be uh, raised to host such a huge event and bring all these speakers into Philadelphia and ha- you know um, uh, lodge them for uh, four days during their stay but um, uh, we 'll we'll be announcing that pretty soon after the videos are edited. you know uh, be patient, this will take a bit to edit all these videos twenty eight videos the uh, twenty four speakers plus three preliminary presentations, and then the gathering of the mind speaker meet and greet session at the end of the conference. So, after those are all edited, uh, we'll be um, uh, offering them on the conference website in a video on demand format. And then, uh, after a few months of that, we will be releasing them completely free and open to the public. And that will be done also on freermindconference.com as well as on my YouTube channel, youtubecom whatonearth93. So, that's uh, the announcement for the Free Your Mind 2 conference that just passed here in Philadelphia. Uh, I want to let everyone know about my natural law seminar that I have coming up this summer in Philadelphia. It's called Natural Law, The Real Law of Attraction and How to Apply It in Your Life, a unique six-class seminar hosted by Mark Passio of whatonearthishappening.com. I call it information that will not even be found in secret societies and fraternal orders will be unleashed in this unique sixth class. Uh, In depth sixth class seminar totaling 24 hours of information. The enrollment is open from now until May 25th, three more weeks. Open for enrollment. Uh, enrollment must be done in advance. No walk-in enrollment. And this is because uh, it's going to cost you know some money to print all the materials for this seminar. I'm even looking into the feasibility of maybe getting thumb drives for all the students of the seminar and loading it up with all the data for the course. Um, the dates for this seminar, June 22nd, June 29th, July 6th, July 13th, July 20th, and July 27th. Those are all Saturdays this summer, okay, from noon to 4 p.m. on all of those dates is when the seminar will be taking place. So four hours on each one of those Saturdays, and that's a total of 24 hours over the course of those six Saturdays. So this will be taking place at Liberty's Pub. Liberty's is at 705 North 2nd Street in no- the Northern Liberties section of Philadelphia. We have the whole second floor of the pub reserved for the seminar. So it's Liberty's Pub, second floor, Floor, 705 North 2nd Street. That's the corner of 2nd and Fairmount Streets. The enrollment donation is $177.60, a little play on 1776, 177.60, okay? And um, you can get more information about the Natural Law Seminar that I will be hosting here in Philadelphia, right? Uh, um, uh, On the image I've actually posted with this podcast on the uh, podcast page of whatonearthishappening.com, the image, the flyer for the Natural Law Seminar. Please distribute this to whoever whoever you see fit. Again, this is in-person only. I'll be looking into the possibility of maybe offering this online at some future point. But for now, this is a an in person only seminar, so uh, i 'd like to see this distributed to the new age movement in particular, who think that they know what the law of attraction is all about. Uh, they should come and take it um, take this seminar and hear about what the real laws of attraction are so um, that, you know along the lines of that, I, I want to let everyone know I will be next week sometime uh, doing a podcast. With my presentation from the Free Your Mind 2 conference, I'll actually be giving the the lecture here on the air. I'll be giving the presentation on this in podcast form. I want to do that to elaborate on the information and get it out there, uh, even though it's not in the video format of the the conference. You know, from the conference that'll be coming soon. Um, But I want to get the information out there too everyone and, um, you know, do it in an ex- a slightly extended format as well. So I'll be taking all the slides and posting them and, um, you know, uh, going through the information e- in an even more leisurely, leisurely fashion, uh, since I'm not under any time constraints here with the podcast. So that'll be coming up on the next com podcast in a week or two, I guess. So, um, The End the Fed rally, just a couple more quick event announcements before we go to our guest. The End the Fed rally for Philadelphia will be taking place on Saturday, May 18th. End the Fed rally for Philadelphia, Saturday, May 18th, 2013. It will be taking place at the Federal Reserve Bank of Philadelphia, which is at 10 North Independence Mall West. In Philadelphia. This is actually the corner of 6th and Arch streets in Philadelphia, 6th and Arch. And it will will be starting there and then there'll be a march, there'll be some speakers and then there'll be a march down to City Hall and back. So um, it's going to be starting at noon and it's going to be hosted by Truth Freedom Prosperity. You could check them out at truthfreedomprosperity.org and also it will be hosted by Citizens for Liberty, org is their website. So that's the End the Fed Rally and March for Philadelphia, Saturday, May 18th, 2013, at noon in front of the Federal Reserve Bank of Philadelphia at 6th and Arch Streets. Okay, one more quick event announcement. The Truth, Freedom, Prosperity documentary night, the uh, Free monthly documentary screening and discussion night will be taking place on Thursday, May 30th. Thursday, May 30th at 6.30 p.m. at Essene Food Market and Cafe, which is on the corner of 4th and Monroe Streets in Philadelphia. That's 719 South 4th Street. And we're looking into the possibility of maybe moving it to a a venue that is more suitable for film screenings, um, which was going to be Underground Arts um, on 12th and Callow Hill. We have not been able to confirm that fully yet, but if I, I do end up moving the documentary screening, I'll make an announcement both on this podcast and as well on the uh, Truth, Freedom, Prosperity meetup group. So for now, uh, the location is still a scene market on 4th and Monroe. If that changes, um, again, you'll be notified through the meetup group if you're a member of Truth, Freedom, Prosperity. For more information, you could check out truthfreedomprosperity.org. Oh, this month we'll be showing uh, part three of the um, four-part series that we're going through, which is the Occult History of the Third Reich. It should be a very interesting uh, documentary. Um, We're going to be looking at, in this third out of fourth um, video of this series, Uh, the occult underpinnings of Adolf Hitler's career. So, it should be uh, quite an interesting documentary, Night at Essene Market, on Thursday, May 30th. All right, those are all the event announcements I have, so uh, let's get uh, going and get to our guest, Alex Ansary. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's go to our in-studio guest for today, Alex Ansary. Alex, welcome to What on Earth is Happening. Thank you, Mark. So, We just came off of the Free Your Mind 2 conference. You were one of the featured speakers at the conference. Why don't you tell uh, our listeners a little bit about your experience at the conference and also tell them about what you spoke about at the Free Your Mind 2 conference.
0: Well, this was an amazing conference. People came from all over the country uh, on a wide, diverse number of topics. And um, I've been basically looking forward to something like this for a few years. There aren't a lot of events. Um, that bring together so many different minds um, from the grassroots. Um, And uh, it was really enjoyable to meet some people there that I've interviewed over the years, but I've never actually met people like Lennon Honor, Fritz Springmeier, Freeman. Um, Although I've met Freeman before, it was good to see him um, after uh, several years. I met him down in Austin in 2005, and Bob Tuscan was there as well. So it, it really seemed like a big family gathering or a convergence of souls. And what I was speaking about is the influence the sun has on not only human consciousness, but um, applying pattern recognition and seeing that at times in the past when we've seen a peak in solar flares, we've seen wars. Some of these wars uh, and events being completely staged. So I'm trying to introduce the idea to the conspiracy research community that there is uh, a more strategic uh, methodology to the execution of problem, reaction, solution uh, for example, the Boston bombing, uh, unfortunate false flag incident, took place five days after the largest solar flare of 2013. So my presentation uh, and uh, an ebook that I'm working on releasing later on this year uh, is uh, my purpose is to educate uh, people about the massive changes that the sun brings and that these changes don't need to be perceived as uh, absolutely positive or negative. Um, There seem to be many positive and negative changes that take place when we go through an increase in solar flares, uh, which, of course, are impacted by other things, uh, such as certain planetary alignments uh, or or other celestial factors. Uh, So this is an area of research that I think can help people um, in their forecast, for example, of when certain things uh, are about to be staged, but also strategy times where we may want to start events, launch projects, things of that
1: nature. Exactly. I mean, it can't really be understated how much influence the Sun has on everything that goes on in this solar system. I mean, it accounts for 99.99% of the mass of the entire solar system. Um, It sends out all of the energy that we need for life and for sustaining life here on the Earth. So, why wouldn't we think that it has an impact on... The way that we think and behaviors that flow from that thinking, the sun definitely has to be accounted in, uh, you know, to the, to those factors. And I think uh, it is something that is very um, under researched uh, as far as these types of patterns go when it comes to human behavior and cycles that we undergo here on the earth.
0: Absolutely, and there's one very interesting piece of scientific research that everyone listening may want to look into for evidence as to how we could be affected by changes in the magnetic field, for example. Uh, It was discovered in 1992 that magnetite exists in the human brain, even though they discovered decades earlier that it exists in in pigeons, birds, uh, and other fish to help them migrate around the planet. So if we have this in our brains and uh, there is a concentration of it in the penile gland, uh, what effect do these changes on the magnetic field have on human consciousness Moods. Uh, so solar flares trigger these geomagnetic storms, which could also be triggered by cosmic rays hitting the magnetic field as well. So there's multiple reasons why we can have a geomagnetic storm. Um, but it's it's it seems that if someone is not aware of these changes, they could flip out, and and we do see this a lot because a lot of people don't know how, how their emotions are affected by these things. And that is unfortunate, but uh, if someone were to become aware of the intense shifting taking place in their brain, perhaps they can use that to their advantage and direct that to something
1: um, to something that's more conscious sure now um. Let's go back to the experience at the conference a little bit because um, you, you mentioned it was like a family there. I mean, w- so many people who have talked to each other via, you know, uh, radio interviews uh, on Skype. Um, you know, Freeman was there, X was there, uh, Lennon Honor, uh, myself, yourself, uh, so many other people that made this event, you know, uh, an event that no one is ever going to forget in their lifetimes who attended. Um, Can you give me a little bit of your impressions as to, uh, you know, some of the information that was shared there? uh, Speakers that you may have resonated with or um, information that you heard there that you think is uh, vital and uh, that really um, impacted you?
0: I noticed a pattern with a couple different speakers talking about collective manifestation towards something very specific, which is essentially where my information seems to be going, that... Uh, during times of increased solar activity were more capable of manifestation. So it seems like there's this 100th um, monkey syndrome type of scenario taking place even within the conference in the material uh, that was presented from Curtis Davis to Sonia Barrett. Uh, even Jay Parker uh, right. touched upon the holographic universe. Yes. And several months ago as most listeners know, the scientific community has been investigating Cosmic rays and how they may be, um, you know, uh, a piece of evidence uh, in the direction of our our universe may be a computer simulation. So I noticed a pattern with that, and uh, it seems like we're coming to a similar conclusion, but we're coming to it in different ways. Um, The energy was really high there, and and no one seemed to be talking about exactly the same thing. Right. Each speaker was coming with their own. Uh, piece of information. Now there was a parallel between Freeman Fly's presentation and Fritz Springmeier in terms of transhumanism and cloning. But they each came to their conclusion through their own unique original research and that was another thing incredibly amazing about the event. Of course Laura Eisenhower is always inspiring. Sure. And she gave a fantastic presentation as well so I'm really looking forward to seeing some of these uh, presentations on video after the fact. Because to be there is one thing to feel the energy and meet so many like minds, uh, inquiring minds. Uh, But it takes also a long time to process this information. And I hope that certain presentations, such as yours, for example, get to the right people that need to hear this information. Because it's difficult to repeat and regurgitate all this information to people, for example, like our, our family. Right. That's a very sensitive issue. Sending someone a link in many cases is a lot easier and can help plant that seed where they may have a block dealing with us, for example.
1: I totally agree. Uh, And that is the importance of getting this out there on video as well. So uh, that is coming. And again, be patient. Uh, We are working on all of that and it will be up on the website in uh, video on demand format and then eventually released uh, totally free on the For Your Mind conference website and on YouTube. But um, to go back to uh, the the, the, um, o- the kind of p- parallels that we saw uh, related to your talk in particular, I thought one of the uh, speakers who really resonated with, um, you know, uh, the ty- types of energies that you're talking about was Ross Ben because he talked about this from the Earth perspective, whereas you're talking about it from the the solar solar perspective. He talked about mounds and mound gridding, and one of the overlaps that I felt there uh, with your presentation was. That you both talked about that these uh, types of energies present opportunities for us to actually maybe um, you know uh, seize upon these types of energies that we can see coming in, whether it be in the um, sense of uh, geomagnetic uh, fl- uh, storms or solar flares. Uh, or in Ross Ben's case, he talked about the types of energies that are actually infused into these mounds along ley line or dragon path uh, energy lines that form the uh, grid of energy around the earth. And you both kind of uh, emphasize that um, these energies can be worked with by us, that it's not something that is just happening to us, that it is an interaction or an interplay between uh, these uh, cosmic energies or earth energies and human energies. So. Can you speak to that a bit
0: i'd like to look more into ross ben's work um, really interesting presentation and there definitely is a link between the sun and the moon in a lot of different ways uh, i want to mention one example dr burl Payne did some studies on meditation mass meditations and their direct effect on sunspots and he had a group of people meditate on uh, nothing in particular, just a state of meditation during the full moon. And they found that when they did that, they saw a decrease in sunspots. Now, on 9-11, for example, there were shifts in the magnetic field around the time of the first plane going into the first tower, and uh, so on and so forth. Even when the buildings collapsed and all that was televised, uh, of course, millions to billions of people watching this traumatic event on television. Right. There are detectable changes that took place within the magnetic field. So this information suggests, combined with Ross Ben's work, that we can affect sunspot counts. We can affect the magnetic field. We can affect other things. I mean, there are so many different examples where people have experimented with mass meditations. Now, this could have positive or negative repercussions, yeah, yeah, and perhaps it could be happening unconsciously. I think that's certainly the case with seeing changes in the magnetic field on the day of 9-11. You know, just all this fear combined together, you know, at one spot, somehow affecting the field. Now, what positive applications can that have? Um, and I think that's something to, to explore further. You know, I'm interested in hearing what other people's ideas are. But I think that it needs to be also realistic. Sure. You know, maybe certain things we have to uh, work a little bit harder than just putting our minds together to make it happen. Because the world we live in today is a result of all these previous choices that came before us. That's right. We're still uh, uh, on the receiving end of the karma that we have created for ourselves. So when people also ask for solutions... um, sometimes they're having a difficulty facing the basic information of what's going on right and some of these things that we're looking at some of these problems in our world don't have an easy solution because <coughs> they didn't arise overnight so
1: and and you know a, a big part of that solution is changing behavior it's not mm-hmm. just changing thought and intent and and emotion but it's then actually moving into the realm of making that a practical application in one's life and changing the be, the the uh, behavior that are, are manifest, the behaviors that are manifested as a result of those underlying thoughts and emotions. So, when you tell people that, it can be also very disturbing to them because this means not only do you have to think differently, but you have to change what you have been doing up to this point. And there's a lot of resistance there as well.
0: Yeah, there's definitely a lot of resistance, just this concept of self-responsibility. You know, there's always blaming someone else. It, it's, it's habitual. And we deal with this a lot in conspiracy research because we deal with what they are doing to us. Right. Um, And what we're trying to do is remind people that we have to be accountable for all our actions. Um, Mindful relationships. Yes. That is huge. To me, that's the core. To me, if we're going to have a collective shift in consciousness, I would expect to see more balance between man and woman, including non-romantically, to the point where we evolve to the point we realize we're brothers and sisters and we're not just, you know... um, Zombie homo sapiens wandering to our next screw, to our next meal, to our right. next defecation. We are more than that. But if we behave like that's all we are, then no, we are not a collective uh, utopia-like um, um, kumbaya type of reality. Right. But we still live in a world where people say that we have entered into that reality. And my response to those people is you have lowered your expectations. You have lowered the bar. You know, at some point we have to raise the bar and really start to uh, be the best that we actually can be, not find excuses for the way that things are or for the lack of our own self
1: responsibility. That's right. I like Lennon Honor's term for that. He calls it cosmic respectability, and I think that's definitely a mode of consciousness that we all need to step into. Uh, Alex, uh, tell us a little bit about your impressions of the city of Philadelphia and your stay here so far. I'd be curious to hear about that.
0: Well, uh, I think there's A lot of culture in Philadelphia. I knew that before coming here. That's why I was really excited to come to Philadelphia. And, uh, you know, in a way, I kind of wish I had another week to explore a little bit more. But, you know, I feel it's time to go back to the middle of basically nowhere, where I've been staying since November of 2012. And no, I didn't go up there because I thought the world would end in December 2012. But I've been going through my own life cycle, you know, and and I feel like I'm a sensitive individual, not just because I'm a Pisces, but for a lot of other reasons. So I'm looking forward to going back in an area where it's quiet, you know, because I'm doing a lot of inner reflection and going into a new cycle in my own life. And I've been doing alternative media since 2004. And so after doing the same thing for six years, I like the idea of challenging myself. And the way the Buddhists would create these mandalas made out of sand, they would blow them away. Right. That's how I feel like certain chapters of my life are. The concept of impermanence. The concept of impermanence and being able to go into Philadelphia without any attachments or expectations and just absorb the experience. And in a way, it makes me grateful for what I have out there. I don't think that I would want to live in a major city, at least not at this point. In my life, and it's got
1: to be a big shift and a big change in energy uh, compared to what you're uh, accustomed to at this point, uh, based on where you've been living. And I'm living, I'm staying right now over in West Philly, so it's the University District. Right.
0: And I feel like I look more ethnic than some of the people that came directly from East India. You know, I see the conformity, the short hair, the trying to conform, and, and the competitive
1: energy, and.
0: I well, try especially not in to that react.
1: area of the city, in University City, right, it's very Drexler, much so. Yes. Right. Yeah,
0: it, it's like a Matrix, but there's Matrixes, Matrixes within Matrixes. You know, it's like Russian dolls. And to go from a very quiet environment and go directly back into that and maintain your center, um, it's like a Jedi mind, Jedi mind training. You know. Um, um, situation. Right. So I'm just getting used to going back into different environments and, and, and being able to to deal with it. It was very difficult in Portland um, towards the last few years living there, living in that type of a matrix. It bothered me. It bothered me that people weren't really growing or evolving, uh, the, the phoniness. But I've also reached this point in my life where I care less about what the zombies are doing. Um, through the deeper self-realization that i'm here to awaken to deep deeper levels of my own psyche and that whatever they're doing is actually nothing to do with me it may irritate me but ultimately i'm not here to help them evolve even though i may be trying it's actually in the act of helping others i'm helping myself go to deeper levels
1: all right. it's it's a good way to look at it because, you know, as we are doing to others, we are doing to ourselves, uh, and there is no separation between those two things. And, you know, the reason I, I asked for listeners who may not know a, a lot about your background is that you're kind of living in an isolated region right now. You live in Colorado. Uh, it's, it's a high desert area, right? Is that correct? Yeah, it's high desert.
0: And uh, right before I was in uh, Colorado, I was in Dallas, Texas for a year um and that that followed um leaving portland in late 2011 and i was just embracing change and a lot of people were shocked that I would go to dallas and they would go alex why would you go to dallas and it's like why not if you live in the same place your entire life you may prohibit your own growth um and through the experiences that we have we can attain greater growth through the things that we learn uh through the friendships relationships um job experiences, through the people that we interview in these podcasts, we continue right. to grow and grow and grow. And I felt that my growth was, um, uh, it, it was stagnant, right. something needed to change dramatically. So sometimes the change is not enjoyable, but the effects, the, the growth periods could be very rewarding. So yeah, I'm in the high desert now, and, and it is UFO country, for those that have read Chris, o, Chris O'Brien's work, The Mysterious Valley. Um, it's not your normal part of the United States, that's for sure. Um, he actually refers to it as Area 52, <laughs> and the reason for that is the number of mutilations over the years. Although, I can't say that I've seen anything out there, but I can feel that there is a lot of energy, and this is probably what the Native Americans were tapping into. Um, and writing about a very long time ago. Um, It's an area where the Anasazi were at some point. So there are uh, petroglyphs um, in the region. And you just feel like this is the land before time. And by being out there, you know, for those of us that have spent most of our lives in a big, big city, and I'm not knocking uh, those that are doing good work in the city. I want to state that right out of the gate because we are all where we need to be. Right. And it was a series of synchronicities to begin with that, A, led me here to the conference. absolutely. Which we can talk about, but also led me there. So I've been, the more I talk about synchronicity and the more I recognize it, it seems that the universe shows me more evidence of this existence working in my life. Right. And this is pretty much the response that I give people when they ask me why I don't walk around with a gun. And, yeah, I'm for the Second Amendment, but how I live my life and how I address my own fears is my business. Right. And I live a lifestyle that's based on, as long as I'm doing good, not being afraid of jack shit. Because i had experiences where I've lived with less. Um, I've, I've dealt with lots of racial discrimination in my life, being half Afghani and half white, even before 9-11 happened. So there's parts of me, parts of my skin that have had to be thickened, especially in the post 9-11 world. Right. And I have looked at those challenges and judgments placed against me as lessons to further, in my own understanding, go beyond duality or go beyond an illusion of separation. I think that we are in these lifetimes, you know, when we're, whether we're facing the New World Order, the Illuminati, the, the, uh, the Dark Occultists, Um, Or stuff in our own personal lives, it's all there as a lesson for us to learn from. So I've often looked at some of my own experiences uh, with living with less, with with judgment. What am I supposed to learn from this? Why is this actually in my lap? If we're going to be operating outside of victim consciousness, I think that we should be asking those questions in all aspects of our lives, be it the good things that happen to us and
1: the bad things as well. Absolutely. Well said. And uh, I I don't think that the influence of synchronicity can be uh, um, underestimated in our lives. If we step into the, the slipstream of higher consciousness, synchronicity is going to take us to where we need to go. When people often say, well, where do I begin with this? I say, any entry point is uh, practically as sufficient as any other because one thing will lead you to the next thing will lead you to the next thing and you know that consciousness will open up as you right. uh, take in more and more information through synchronicity itself you'll be led to the next uh, thing that you need to know about so uh it is uh, very uh interesting the synchronicity that led you here to philadelphia um because we had a, a speaker cancel and we had an opening on the uh conference um a lineup, and uh, we had heard that um, you know uh, someone offered to help you uh, come to Philadelphia, and we said let's bring in Alex Answering, He would be a uh, you know a perfect uh, uh, replacement for the individual who canceled, and and actually uh, you know really enhance the lineup of the Free Your Mind Two roster of speakers. So you know uh, this wasn't even a initially a planned thing, but it all fell into place, and I think uh, everyone who needed to be at the Free Your Mind 2 conference was there in person. Things worked out for the better. They worked out exactly as they should have worked out, and uh, I would not have had it any other way. Uh, uh, you know, of course, when you know there's some sort of a little ratchet thrown into the, the plans. Uh, you know, we all make plans, and then you know the universe might throw us a little curveball, and then right. we have to run with it. We have to deal with that, run with it. But again, I think that's part of the synchronicity aspect of life, and it brought the people who really need needed to be there and get the message that they needed to get out at that conference. It, it made that happen just the way it was supposed to happen.
0: And I felt like that was a really supportive sign that the universe sent me. Um, the, the synchronicity but becoming aware of it, like the universe winking at you. You know, I, I'm interviewing Freeman, you know, right. and a car calls in and asks me if I'm going to the Free Mind Conference, if I've heard of Mark Passio. Now I saw one of your lectures about four or five years ago on Google when people are still uploading on Google, and I had a lot of videos that I used to have on Google before they took them down, and I remember going, this is what the shift is. These are independent people that aren't trying to be stars, that are putting together their own PowerPoints and their own information, and they're presenting it, and now the universe has created means for us to share this information with other people all around the world. This is uh, a pretty historic moment in light of all the dark things that are taking place. Sure. And then I started to look more at your work um, right around the same time period, kind of connected the dots. Oh, this is the main person that's organizing the Free your Mind Conference and the last one. And I uh, was kind of skeptical that there would be any room left. I mean, we're talking like the last month. But Bob came in and made that offer at a time where I had already put it out to the universe in my own. Of course, I'm talking with a friend out there. So the universe is picking up on the signal. I've got to work on this project and continue to gather data on this very interesting subject because the point that we are at in the timeline, about to go into the maximum portion of the cycle. People are going to be more receptive to the information. There are going to be more events taking place that are staged around solar flares. Again, Boston hadn't happened yet, but I'm thinking about this. With this knowledge comes responsibility, and it's not about me. I'm just connecting the dots, and others will hear the information also start connecting the dots as Alexander Chevensky did, the Russian scientist that started looking at this 100 years ago, and, and Raymond Wheeler, and Burrow Payne, and Edward Dewey, and Carol Moore from the website Sunspots and Activist Strategy. I'm like, wow, there's a lot of people that have been looking at this. And it seems like the universe, uh, in that case, in many cases, helped make that situation manifest. So looking back at it, you know, I'm thinking, as we all should, as we start to learn about our abilities to manifest mindfully, um, what do we want to create as we start facing these horrible pieces of news? And, and what they want to create, they want a manufactured civil war. They right. want blood in the streets. Sure. They want us to respond to their baiting. But what do we want? And that's the interesting question. Are we, Mark? I I wonder. Are we ever going to pull it off to where we have independent communities outside of the grid? So we have people doing their thing in the city, but we also have other things going on. Are we going to get to that point, or are we always going to be at war with our ourselves, our own egos? You know, um, completely forgetting that what we have to deal with is ourselves. Right. Okay. We're on agreement on this. We're on agreement on that. Now we don't want a cult. We don't want a commune. But how do we bring our sources together to start making some some bigger impacts? And I think that as human beings, as souls, we have lessons along those lines in this matrix. It's much more than resistance to just oppression.
1: I think what that dynamic ultimately comes down to is <clears throat> reversing the trend of constantly looking uh, to the external, looking outside the self, and only looking at the problem. And the trend needs to be to look within and to look at how we're generating what we are ultimately experiencing on a mass scale, okay? I'm not saying one individual is generating what we're experiencing. I'm saying in the aggregate, we are all generating that. When I tell people that, you know, the world is the way that it is because more people want it that way than do not want it that way, people get very angry when I say that. They get very, very angry. They don't want to hear that that truth, that basic truth, right. because that places the, the responsibility firmly upon us collectively as a species. More people are still in this mindset of lack, are still in this mindset of scarcity, are still in this mindset of control, and the belief in authority, and that it has to be this way, and that we have to use these monetary systems, and that we have to have this scarcity of e- in the energy paradigm that we have. Um, and if more people would change their thought about that and then take actions to actually change the way that it is, it would change. But since so few people are doing that internal work, the external reality is not following their internal changes and it's not manifesting into what we say we want. We're just getting more of the same.
0: Exactly. And that's what I appreciate about your podcast is that I'm hearing some things that I haven't heard from other people and that's what's really good about your program and i think that's why it's so well received by the people that are listening they're looking for something more right and there is there is a deeper level that we need to go in terms of what we need to do for ourselves that's that's pretty much where i'm at in my life is part of also going out there was okay i'm going to go into an environment where there's no one else to blame right for anything for how i'm feeling emotionally um Because I've I've become increasingly non-materialistic, you know, there's not a whole lot of things I can whine about out there because I really don't need that many things. But whatever state of mind I'm in, consciousness, thoughts, that's all on me. Right. And so if we can find ways of being accountable for ourselves, I think we could see more uh, of our
1: um, increased ability to affect things outwardly. Absolutely. And let's just talk a little bit about your current environment. Um, you're living off-grid, uh, I believe, if, so if I'm correct. So there's
0: stages to getting off-grid, and then there's being self-sustaining. So I want to make that um, that clear. What I can say is I survived in a climate where it gets as low as negative 40. And during some of those nights, um, I retained my own body heat, and I did it without firewood, and I would wake up wow. in, in mornings where everything was frozen around me. Now, to really be off the grid and self-sufficient, you have to have an ability um, to get yourself water. There's no water out there, no running water. It all comes from somewhere else, right. and not the river. It comes from town, or knowing a neighbor who has a well. All that helps. It's, it's actually necessary, really, if you're going to have a garden out there. Right. And we all know that we need to... Start going in that path if we're not already, and everywhere the listener may be, um, it, it's going to be different than somebody else or a different listener, different climates. Sure. So I'm trying to learn some of those basics, uh, the, the, those basic skills that I've been talking about for years on YouTube, and I've interviewed about 20 different people uh, in my lifetime on the television show just about their information on what we need to do to be off the grid. So I was just providing information, but I'm not. Fully doing it at this point it's step by step by step because the other aspect is being able to live without certain things certain people uh, at times the internet I still haven't got a good internet deal satellite wants over a hundred a month most of those companies right. because we're surrounded by mountains right. now how can that be a positive thing we're talking about ancient sacred land where no signals Yes. Are penetrating. Right. Now to turn that around and look at that in a shamanistic way. Sure. I think this is an amazing place for people that are on the search for truth, higher truths, uh, perhaps other truths in an area that has some very interesting energy, be it positive or negative. Again, like the sun, it's a little bit more mysterious than that. It, it's neutral. It's the effect that it has on the individual. Sure. So when I look at where, where I am, I can see someone having a shamanistic experience. But I can also see why there's an abundance of alcoholics out there right. that don't know how to channel their energy in, in a mindful proper way other than alcohol. So right. people are going to respond to those environments different ways. Um, uh, I am staying in a yurt. That's the other aspect. Uh, there's not a lot of yurts out there. And so this is a circular shaped uh, design. So it's basically a glorified teepee. There are some people out there that have dug their homes into the ground, which will give you more insulation. And they've created a, a sandbag um, structure along the walls. And after they fill the uh, sandbags with dirt, you usually want to cement that or pack it in. Interesting. And there's another person that has a straw bale home, which is a mixture of uh, straw and concrete. So there's different ta- uh, techniques that, that different neighbors have tried. Um, it's 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 cheap, really. I mean, I know my friend Ryan bought his uh, home for like um, five hundred down, and we're talking like fifty to one hundred a month in payments. Wow! And maybe two to three thousand in building materials. Wow! So I'm I'm shocked at because some of these people aren't the <coughs> brightest. Some of them are, but some of them aren't. And so it's one of those things that if they can do it, right? You know, a lot of other people could. And despite the fact that we're reading about drones. um Working for police or police using drones to catch people that are harvesting rainwater or or doing certain things off the grid it doesn 't mean that the whole world has turned already into that n- nightmarish reality where we just can't where it 's too late to start there's some people that think it's too late to start right um, and what people need to look at if they want to go off the grid is what the building codes are like now in this area, the building codes are are fairly lax, but in some areas. Unless you have a septic tank, unless you have certain things, you can't have a community of 10, 15, 20 people because the city will come out and find you. This is one of those
1: areas where that doesn't happen. So. Right. Now, um, you, you spoke to the fact that there's so much less electromagnetic uh, soup that you know we're living in here in the cities and that could create a lot of opportunity for like more self-introspection because those signals kind of are out of the way. When it comes to the dynamic of uh, not being around a lot of other people because you know there's the population there is so sparse compared with other areas, what has what that dynamic well, been like for you? Well, you know, I, I'm very opinionated in terms of like, you know, as you might
0: expect as, as another truther in terms of 9-11 and the things taking place and uh, illegal taxation without representation. I have my opinions just like a lot of other people in the alternative media, but I've had to develop the skill to tone that down when you're actually in a real survival situation where you need to know them. You can't completely freak them out, and you know that there's some people that just won't get this stuff. Right. But there are certain needs that need to be met. I need more connections for water. I need more connections for firewood. I need to be able to help people um, with my own muscles, my own body. Just direct me. How how can I help you? Right. How can we build this project? How can we finish this greenhouse? And so I've been psychologically going into a different mode of how I interact with people. And and being careful what I say. You know, there's, there's one neighbor that I know, and I told him about the presentation and the trip to Philadelphia. And uh, he started ranting and raving about how anyone that would study sunspots is a mad person. And how I'm probably making up what I'm saying. How I just pull information off of the end and see, here, here wow. goes the ego. And we talked about earlier the Buddhist mandala of blowing. That's what I did when I left Access TV. That was a great part of my life, those six years of connecting with members of my own community. Plus, it was on the internet. But I mean, that's, Access TV has its own energy to it. Right. That's very powerful. Alex Jones, of course, got his start doing Access TV. There's yes. something very real about that medium. But Freeman as well, I believe. Freeman as yeah. well. Austin Access TV is great. Yeah. So the ego gets challenged. All this work that I've done to help educate people, and they will throw that negative energy. And it's just, yeah. it's like Aikido, learning to step to the side. Okay, Kevin. All right. Good luck with that. Right. And pull- walking out with that incident, no the- need to pull out a megaphone. Right. No need to scream or throw flyers in his face or call him a zombie. Just walk away and realize the situation I'm in. And that no matter what era of time we're in, we may still be dealing with the same percentage of Sheeple. I don't ever waste my time anymore saying, when are people going to wake up? Because I understood at some point for myself the nature of the suffering that that brought me. We may always be dealing with a certain percentage of awakened and a certain percentage of those that are asleep because that just seems to be the way that it's been over time.
1: See... That, that whole mindset of someone saying something like that comes from the belief in separation. The, the whole thing that, oh, how could it be possible that the sun could affect behaviors on earth? Because that's over there and we're over here. Right. That's it, that's that thing, and we're this thing. You know, it, th- this, this idea is so entrenched in modern society because we've bought into this, you know, these ridiculous notions of... You know, pure Newtonian physics, and you know, uh, Darwinian macrobiological evolution, and the primacy of matter. You know, and uh, it, it's just amazing how entrenched that whole uh, ideology of uh, separation and that that poisonous worldview is really what's at the very Base level holding people's consciousness down because if they can only shift that to an understanding that not only are we all connected, we're we're all connected at whatever distances that perceived distances that exist, and the uh, effects uh, of you know energies uh, that that are had upon what we perceive as matter, are actually instantaneous. I mean, they, they, it doesn't make a difference how far it is apart. Effects happen instantaneously. And this is actually borne out and proven by new science that people like this are just completely unaware of. They're unaware of the experimentation that has been done. They're unaware of the new work in physics and the new work in biology. And their worldview is based upon science that is a 100 150, 200 years old. And this is because of that divide, that dichotomy of how long it takes for modern understanding of science to actually come into the public consciousness. There's such a time gap in that. And, you know, uh, just wanted to throw that out there. And, uh, you know, if you have any comments on that, you know, go right ahead.
0: Absolutely. But in addition to that, climate we know that the climate's impacted by the sun i mean you would think that this is common sense but apparently it's not well nasa's admitted that the sun has an impact on on um temperatures on the earth and we have all types of charts that we can access where we look at the the little ice age from several hundred years ago look at sunspot activity at a record low but yet the un's um ipcc we know from the last few years, all the information that's come out about scientists being kicked out of that organization that have data that shows, yes, the sun does impact climate. But yet, while they censor um, data that shows that there's another reason why climate is changing, you have other scientists saying that we should, we should geoengineer. We should terraform the planet because, well, because of global warming, we need to reflect particles from the sun. So they deny that there's a connection. And then there are other scientists come around the back door and go, and we've got a solution. Let's legitimize chemtrailing, And that's a very, very serious um, situation, obviously. Right. And since the movie came out, what in the hell are they spr- spraying? There's been a lot more awareness on this particular topic. But um, I want to say this real quick in reference to the sun. A lot of people think that harp is the sole cause of some of the major earthquakes that we've seen simply because there's evidence that harps being used sure but there's really evidence that shows that harps being used at moments that we have solar flares for example with fukushima there was a solar flare several days before that in x 1.5 but there are these magnometers that show the harp flux that was active that day as well right we could see similar patterns with haiti Chile and, and, and many other examples as well. So it's not that HARP um, isn't to blame, it's that HARP seems to be using the energy that's already being created naturally and directing it. And Hurricane Katrina is another example, yes. with many scientists saying that it came in at a 90 degree angle
1: after the storm already formed. Right. I think that's a very powerful analysis. I think you're right on about that, that uh, these uh, types of ionospheric heaters that we're talking about when we're talking about HARP, don't necessarily have the kind of power to create that energy, but they do have the power to direct it, to take energy that is there from natural sources and to redirect that in the way that they see fit. Um, So... um, Tell the listeners a little bit about what you're doing next. Uh, what is the next uh, big project for you? Um, you know, uh, Let them know about uh, you know whatever you're, you're working on right now and what's coming in the future. Well,
0: there is something that I want to accomplish in the next couple of years, but this year would be better. Um, I would like to make a documentary film about my perception of where things are going to be in 10 years. Um, if we don't have a major recorrection, And what my forecast is for the next 10 years is a manufactured Civil War scenario. Um, The World War III scenario that a lot of people believe could be any day now, at any point, be it with China, be it with Russia, I see as something that they plan for the next solar cycle, solar cycle 25. So I want to get more um, involved in putting together this presentation. It could be on PowerPoint. There could be a version of it that's in a film. But uh, I would like to further um, delve into the background of China, the background of Russia, um, the powers that be behind Mao Zedong, the powers that be behind the Bolshevik Revolution, which Anthony Sutton also wrote about, the Wall Street and the Bolshevik Revolution. Yes. Well, we could see all these pieces of evidence that show um, the levels of co-option taking place at that time. And we look at the world that we live in now, with the military-industrial complex and all these different corporate Um, corporate companies selling weapons around the world. And we can see multiple pieces of evidence of just about every single administration in our own country transferring military technology to China or allowing it to happen. Something along those lines being a regular serious issue. Um, Not starting with the Clinton administration, but a lot was going down around the time of uh, uh, the Monica Lewinsky distraction. You know there was information coming out they called it China Gate um, and what was going on with Long Beach, California, and uh, the 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 famous port deal with with the Chinese company Costco all of a sudden a Monica gate came out you know and it really distracted people 's focus right so there's a lot of information that I think the American people in fact mark the Chinese people I actually even the Russian people you know my my long term dream. If I get this project done is to have the work translated into Russian and Chinese, because I think we have a serious issue. Um, Not only uh, the plans for World War Three, which the people of the world don't want, or World War Four, depending on how one chooses to phrase it. We've got to make an attempt to break through the firewall. If we're aware these things are taking place, we have a responsibility and this is not just about you know the 1776 you know about America idea. I mean this is a this is a global That's syndicate. Right. You know, take a look at September 11, 2001. Okay, most of the people know it was an inside job that are listening to this podcast. But how many times do we remind other people that this is a global operation when we can show with quantitative evidence that they got that steel out of 9/11 within days and got it shipped to China? And we're talking about the nation that has been funding our wars, the nation we're in debt to. And we can see the land that is being sold at an alarming rate to China. So, when I look at the American Empire and, you know, the pattern of the New World Order before, the British Empire, um, Nazi Germany, it's like they use one nation at a time to fulfill right. a certain agenda. That's right. And they kick them out of the, the car like a whore. Right. And I see the torch being passed. And sometimes this is being done symbolically, as I believe it was done with the 2008 Olympics. You know, and, and the Chinese secret police having the right to engage in domestic law enforcement at some of the uh, the torch rallies that took right. place here in the U.S. San Francisco, there were some situations and incidents, I believe also in England as well. So I think that we're being shown these rituals when Obama goes around and bows before these world yep. leaders yep. when the Chinese flag is raised in Washington DC in 2009 even bigger even better a Chinese satellite going over the United States 2011 these are these are subtle rituals yes that that anyone in their right mind would go wait wait a minute this is this is not right um, how many people know that in a League City Texas they're chaining they're, they're tr- training Chinese police cadets sure and I haven't seen that on Infowars I would like Alex to check out that story at some point because it seems right up his alley that he would be presenting that information since he's in Texas but um, you know in Texas the come and take it state there's still a lot of awareness that um, that needs to manifest Rick Perry the governor of Texas brought in a company called Huawei and they make these cell phones. It's a Chinese company. The Pentagon has already listed this company as one of the uh, eavesdropping cyber attack companies coming from China. So why is Rick Perry a globalist allowing the Chinese company to come into Plano, Texas, just thirty miles outside of Dallas, and set up shop? So these are things that I see as major red
1: flags that aren't get that aren't getting the coverage that they should. Absolutely, and it is that. That ritual of passing the torch, like you said, they use up one country for their purposes to get done and advance their agenda to the level that they want, and then they move on to another. And uh, we have to become aware of that pattern and understand that that's taking place right now as we speak. Yeah, it is. It's definitely taking place as we speak. And
0: uh, I was also curious what your analysis was of the, the 2012 Olympics, having referenced the 2008. And I remember seeing... Those rituals sure. being played out, it appeared to me, without getting deep into you know any a uh, cold analysis, but just obviously, it seemed to me
1: that it was a ritual portraying the death of humanity and yes. the birth
0: of a big baby
1: or yep. Nephilim, with the phoenix symbol being very prevalent in the whole ritualistic aspect of you the know ring the ring of fire the ceremonies. Yes, okay. so I definitely do see it as that they're going to try to create. Death and destruction, and from that chaos and from those ashes, birth their version of the dark new world order that they want to see come to fruition. You know, th- that's what they do. They manage chaos, they manage death and destruction, right? You know creating it is one thing, but it's the fallout that they're managing afterward because that's when people are in that susceptible uh, state. They're in that fight-or-flight mode. They're in the R complex. They're not really making rational decisions. They're not really seeing patterns. They're not using pattern recognition, which is made possible by the higher part of the brain, the neocortex. They're operating from the fight-or-flight modality or the reptilian complex of the brain. And in that fear mode, that's when people can be easily managed or uh, redacted directed to suit the goals of these manipulators, of these orchestrators that have actually created the chaos to begin with, now they're managing it through people's fear to rearrange things to, uh, to uh, build the outcome that they're looking for all along.
0: Exactly. And this solar cycle and the next one, number 25, I think they're just going to continue to get more intense and more intense and more intense and nasa's looking at 2022 uh they've looked at the sun's great conveyor belt and they believe that that has the key that that is what indicates um the speed of the cycle low great conveyor belt speed means more sunspots according to their latest calculations right so if they're expecting an all-time low speed of the great conveyor belt in 2022 that means that the next cycle will be more intense than this one instead of it being more mild, and that's what they were initially projecting. Now, why this is interesting is because of the links between solar activity and consciousness leaps in evolution. If something really big is coming, you know, there could be a lot of new ideas and people talking about the shift in consciousness for a long time if the sun is a primary conduit of it, transfer of that energy through photon waves and light and all different other things that are affecting every aspect of our body. Maybe, potentially, this plan to stage this third world war that can cause so much fear, trauma. I mean, think 9 on steroids. Sure. That would really freak people out. That they may be planning to pull this at a very specific time. Pull the trigger at a specific time where we have the greatest ability to evolve. Right. Where we're even more tapped in than we normally are even though we live in a world where we hear these fears all the time about the grid going down, which, by the way, could lead to a beginning of something new. Right. If we're able to imagine it, I would like people to imagine it. Imagine a world that money or technology where our friends and our relationships are more important than those obsolete things. Um, So this next solar cycle, I think is going to be really, really interesting. And by knowing about it, And the potential for us to evolve, uh, we can avert
1: being played against one another. That's right. It's becoming aware of those patterns. And they're aware of those patterns, these dark occultists. I mean, that's what this is. We're de occulting information that has been hidden. They're very aware of these and they use those cycles to their advantage. They, they understand these energies. They understand what they're capable of doing with these energies. And that's why they plan their uh, orchestrations at very specific times in cycles such as what Alex is talking about. So, Alex, I want to thank you for being here today. I want to give you step aside and just give you the floor for the last few minutes to talk about anything that you want to leave the listeners with. Please mention whatever uh, work you have coming up and definitely tell the listeners about your website and how they can reach you. Uh, the floor is yours, my friend.
0: Well, my website's alexansory.tv, and since I've been living off the grid of the Internet, I'm working to get that updated again with fresh news. But Saturday nights. On AmericanFreedomRadio.com, you can hear me there live, eight to ten central.
1: And you, I, your, your show is called? It's it's called Outside the Box. Outside I've, the box. I've been
0: consistent with with the name of the radio and television show. And and if they want to see what what I've created over the last few years, um, it's YouTube.com/slash Alex Ansory. And so there's about a thousand videos wow. at that YouTube channel featuring some of the you know, early days of 9-11 Truth, making a lot of noise in the streets of Portland, Oregon, a lot of mail-on-the-street interviews. I was really involved in a lot of local issues. And so a lot of the history is there. But what I want to leave the audience with, you know, kind of one of the core philosophies that I'm sharing is that I don't view the world in terms of polarized opposites. And I think that we can free ourselves from a lot of misery if we detach from those obsolete belief systems. One of those is this belief that in our lifetimes, we're all going to collectively shift together. We're going to hold hands and we're just going to start levitating. And all our problems are just going to go away because the energy says so. And I see this as a violation of free will of those that are still susceptible, allow themselves to be controlled, or still are involved in controlling others. This planet, this world, it is. it is... A small world, but it's also still a very large world. And it's large enough for us all to have our own microcosmic experiences and to learn that cause and effect reality. What we put out there comes back to us. So the problems in the world don't have an easy solution that can just be easily turned around overnight because of all the factors that got us here and all the factors necessary to get us out. And the other polarized worldview that I want to pull people out of, if if you know, they have the ears to hear and eyes to see is that it's dangerous to assume someone's going to kill you because you're aware of plots and plans and deceptions um, that can really pollute your sense of possibility and your own ability to create if you're only consuming media, whether you identify it to be independent media or alternative media. Not all alternative media is, is healthy media, but some of it is a mix of both. We need to discern what is not our information and... Be very aware of how language impacts our reality. Especially when we're talking about where we like to see ourselves or where we believe we're going to be in a few years. Because if we continue to tell ourselves a pessimistic tape about ourselves and our world, we won't go anywhere. And we're going to be looking towards others to give us the information that we should be tapping into ourselves. I think this is um, as you say, quarantine prison for souls that have stolen. But Also, that people call it a holographic universe. I call it a spiritual biological video game. And we're all here from God knows where. With God knows where we got this knowledge. But we are working with different pieces or tools, if you will, of knowledge to work us up the levels. And I think there are many levels to this matrix. And that we have to be beyond in our sight, the sight in the sixth sense, beyond heaven or hell. And see all the different possibilities of reality that we could enter and that we may have come out of and that this is really about doing the things that we need to do to get to where we need to be and realizing that events from the past, whether we believe in past lives or. Past actions within this life have got us to where we are right now at this moment, and we need to keep that in the right perspective when we look at the whole globe and and all the fears that people have about the future. Well, maybe there really are billions of people on the planet, not as parasites, but here to learn something at this moment in time. So keeping things in the proper perspective uh, can can he can keep things uh, can keep the sight clear. Can he keep one um, emotionally balanced and centered? And uh, I think that's the most important thing people can do right now.
1: Well said. Well said. Give the listeners your website one more time. Uh,
0: AlexAnsery.tv. And, of course, you can find me on Facebook and YouTube.com slash AlexAnsery.
1: And Saturday nights, American Freedom Radio, 8 to 10 Central. Fantastic. Ladies and gentlemen, Alex Ansery, one of the brilliant speakers at the Free Your Mind 2 conference this year in 2013. Thank you so much for being here, Alex. Thank you, Mark. Great.
0: Yeah, that
1: will well.